It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Fans may not be the only ones rallying against Commander's owner Dan Snyder, and apparently Jimmy Garoppolo was almost the guy Washington wanted before it wanted Carson Wentz. More on those stories and more right now on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app found on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I'm David Harrison. My co-host is Chris the Rooster Russell, both of us credential media covering your Commanders Chris for the Team 980, where you find he and Pete Methurst live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, or anytime on the Odyssey app. Odyssey app. And you can find me over at Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, where I am writing about Carson Wentz and your Washington Commanders. But Chris, we're not going to talk Carson Wentz just yet, or the potential pre-Carson Wentz discussions. We're going to talk Dan Snyder to start off today's episode. Yes, we are, because we didn't get a chance to address it in our post-game edition because there was so much to talk about from the brutal 24-8 loss to the Eagles. But before we get there, today's episode of Locked on Commanders is presented by Prize Picks. Our friends at Prize Picks. Our friends at Prize Picks, if I could speak in English, is daily fantasy made easy. David, here's what you do: you pick two and five uh, between two and five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks 
projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your first entry. And first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com with the promo code Locked On. All right, so here we go. Uh, this hit on Saturday early afternoon. Uh, again, we, we we teased it. We didn't get a chance to talk about it because there was so much uh, going on. It was impossible to get everything in. But, David, in the Washington Post, story written uh, by Nikki Javala, Liz Clark, Mark Maskey, they combined. Uh, obviously, they have many, many, many resources to dig, and Maskey's been covering the league as a whole, so he knows a bunch of owners, right? Basically, the nut and bolts of the article were, quote, multiple owners said in recent days that they believe serious consideration may be given to attempting to oust Dan Snyder from the league's ownership ranks, either mm -hmm. by convincing him to sell his franchise or by voting to remove him. And then the article went into individual unnamed owners who basically said, look, you know, he, the, the one owner much stronger than other owners. Let's just put it that way. He said, quote, he needs to sell, end quote. And then another quote, some of us need to go to him and tell him that he needs to sell. Before we get into all the other parameters, when you hear that, when you think about that, with all the rumors, with all the smoke, with all the stuff that we've heard, do you think this is a bigger deal and we have moved into a different level and a different layer of the Dan Snyder saga, or is this more of the same? You know, I feel like to to reference a Marvel cinematic masterpiece. So for all of the Marvel fans out there, you're going to kind of understand. I think we're entering the end game. I think that's what's happening here, right? And and I'm gonna I'm just gonna apologize up front if I butcher this whole thing. I'm 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 a fan of Marvel, but I, but I'm not as big into Marvel as some people are. So I apologize if I butcher this. But basically, listen, we're entering the end game of of this Dan Snyder situation. I believe. However, let's not forget that the last two Marvel movies in that phase of the Marvel cinematic uh, projects, which were you know the End Game and, and, and Infinity Wars and all that stuff, uh, they lasted a really long time. Like they they still last a really long time, but I think everything's kind of coming to a head. Like what is what needs to be known is known, right? Investigations have been done, statements have been collected, data is 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 inferred. Like who is Dan violated, or who's who is Dan's you know organization violated in some way, shape, or form according to accusations? Uh, employees, fans, other NFL owners. I don't I don't know himself. Like somehow Dan probably ripped off himself. I'm not really sure how he did that, but he probably did it some way somehow, right? Like. I mean, the, the 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 laundry list of things that he's he's accused of. I think I don't think there's any more discovery necessarily left to be done. And if there is, Chris, like I, I don't know what's left to be discovered uh, that that he hasn't already done. Maybe he was like pocketing leftover hot dogs from games and taking them home or something. And that's a new type of fraud. I don't know, but I think basically we're coming to a point where the courts are uh, you know the, the courts, Congress, the NFL, like you know they're all going to kind of have to decide. Okay here's what we're going to do. And based off of that decision, here's how we're going to move forward. And ultimately someone's not going to be happy, right? Because Dan Snyder essentially is either going to be forced to sell his team and make a whole bunch of money, or he's going to be left in power and, and everybody's going to be upset there. I think people will be more upset if he still remains the owner 
of the Washington Commanders. And I think from an NFL standpoint, while the bottom line is not struggling from a, a holistic standpoint, I think they're starting to realize that, like, hey, having guys like this within our ranks is not helping us make even more money. And, and let's not get it twisted. These billionaires are not here because they're okay with making a few hundred thousand dollars more than the NBA. They want to make billions on top of what the NBA, Major League Baseball, et cetera, are making. And if they can make an extra billion a piece, they want to do that. So if somebody, right. a.k.a. or, you know, i.e. Dan Snyder, is preventing them from doing so, they don't like it. And, and honestly, Chris, I think that the revelation that not only was he doing all this other stuff and was all this other stuff happening to his staff members under his watch and everything, um, I think the fact that he ripped off the other owners has a part to do with this because now it's one thing if you're in the club and you're pointing out from the club and you know abusing or neglecting or laughing at everybody else. It's another thing to be in the club and also be neglecting and laughing at the club itself. Again, I don't. I doubt that Dan's probably the only one doing it, but as of right now, he's the only one being caught. Um, I think what we're getting to is, is a crossroads between how much does Dan know and how dangerous is that from other owners and how much is it worth it even if he, if he tries to air some stuff out right. just to get rid of him? Well, there's a couple of things at play here, and I'll try and make this as quickly as we can. We, you know, we still don't know the results of the Mary Jo White second investigation right. that the NFL is orchestrating. We here. don't know so, them. We don't know. Maybe they know, and maybe that's what led some of these anonymous owners and and the one strongest one, because the that was the strongest comments of, you know, we need to get him out. We need to convince him to sell. We need to, yeah. you know, get 24 votes together and all that stuff. Maybe they know. We don't know yet. But we will know at some point when the results of those investigations uh, are announced. We just don't know when. So that's number one. Number two, uh, <laughs> It's interesting. Remember the Robert, I, and I don't know if you pay much attention to this, the Robert Sarver situation with the Phoenix Suns in the NBA last week. He was fined $10 million, same as Dan. Uh, he was suspended one year. But then there was so much vitriol from LeBron James and the NBA Players Association that he just decided to sell, right? And I'm sure internal strife and internal push. He wasn't voted out, but he decided to put the teams up for sale. Yeah. As soon as as soon as that happened, I heard from somebody directly involved, and I can't say the name. I heard from somebody directly involved in this whole mess who said, we both know, meaning to me via text, right. we both know that there's an owner who's done a lot worse oh, yeah. than Robert Sarver. And, yep. and this is a guy who's accused of some really unsavory things. So, yep. you know, here's the bottom line. Um, I'll just I'll just say it like this. I think this is like a snowball that is slowly turning into basically an avalanche and we are going downhill and downhill and we're picking up speed and we are picking up more snow and more ice and more power and more force where it will end. And like you said, how long it will take. I don't know that, but I would say that we have more positive momentum than ever. And one other quick thing, Jerry Jones's role in all of this is so important yeah. because Jerry has always had Dan's back. If Jerry turns on Dan, that's a different story. Yeah, that might be the first conversation these owners need to do is get together and go talk to Jerry and kind of appeal to his sense of business and and logic versus his friendship and loyalty to Dan Snyder, who has obviously not returned said friendship and loyalty back because again, he not like with everything else he did, he also ripped off Jerry Jones. Like the, right. the, it's not like Dallas got their slice of the Washington pie and everybody else got stiffed. No, Jerry Jones got stiffed uh, as well. So interesting to see what's going to come of that. And, but here's what I do know, Chris. Um, in six months' time, 
Robert Sarver, people will say like, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, this has been going on for over two years. So this is my second year covering this team and it was going on before I got here. So this thing has been going on for over two years. The NFL could have been over this 18 months ago um, had they just done the right thing in the, in the beginning. But hey, that's the difference between the NBA uh, and NFL as far as how that works today. But we have another product, another friend, Prize Picks, that do things a little bit differently in a positive way, kind of like the way that the NBA seems to work with these things. And it's very simple. It's a positive way for you to play daily fantasy football. All you got to do is you pick two to five players, so two, three, four, or five. And if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you win money. All you got to do is predict, are they going to do more? Or are they going to do less than what Prize Picks says they're going to do? So, for example, if next Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, you think Carson Wentz is going to throw more? Then 235.4 yards against the Dallas Cowboys. You put Carson in your lineup. You pick more than that projection. You pick at least one other player. You pick more or less that projection at running backs, receivers. You can do combined receiving and, and rushing yards, uh, a lot of things. And if you're correct, you win money. In fact, you can win up to 10 times your money on one single entry. And the greatest thing is you and your best friend and your best friend's buddy can all play and you can all win because you're not competing against them. It's just you versus the projections. And if you want to just enjoy your NFL Sunday and Monday and Thursday, you don't want to put any money on it and stretch yourself out. They got NBA, baseball, hockey, golf, uh, disc golf is, is available. Cricket, if you know what that is, that's available. Um, and the best part is when you win money, you get safe and fast withdrawals with our friends over prize picks currently operating over 30 states and Canada. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users. You can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 by using the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, bucks, they'll deposit $100. Bucks. Anything less than $100, they'll match it again up to $100. So that promo code locked on to sign up for that instant deposit at Prize Picks. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, once again, thanks, Commander fans, for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. So, David, we also had another monster story. Is it the Dan Snyder potential ouster and momentum story wasn't big enough? No, no, no. We woke up Sunday morning, and I had heard some rumors about this, certainly last week, that something was coming out along that line. Uh, and I had heard some rumblings over the offseason, but just wasn't able to get enough uh, smoke on it. Adam Schefter of ESPN uh, who, uh, you know, of course, is the preeminent NFL insider, whether you like Adam, you don't like Adam, uh, you know, wh whatever you think of his his ethics. Uh, and there's a lot there. Right. He reported on Sunday morning, right before Carson Wentz uh, went against his former team, that the commanders had worked out the arrangement of a trade, not for Carson Wentz. No, but before that, for Jimmy Garoppolo at the combine and ultimately pulled the plug on the deal because they were told, and it turned out to be true, that Jimmy G was going to have off-season off season shoulder surgery. Uh, so 
apparently that's when they moved on to Carson Wentz or their pursuit of Carson Wentz. And mind you, this was also after reportedly showing interest and trying to put together a deal and maybe making a offer for uh, Russell Wilson at the time, still with the Seahawks before he went to Denver. So, of course, Ron Rivera was asked about this after a very disheartening loss. And he said, quote, David, you were there, so I'm going to ask you for your visceral reaction, if you will. He said, quote, you guys, this was a bullcrap report, just so everybody understands that. He goes, okay, I didn't talk about that. I'm not sure where it all came from. I'm disappointed it came out like that, especially before today's game. He said, I really am because I didn't talk to anybody about Jimmy Garoppolo. The timing is what really upsets me. Yeah. And here's my point, David, before I let you give your responses. Ron didn't have to talk to somebody in order for this to come out. Right. Nobody's accusing Ron of leaking this. Why right. would Ron leak this? It looks bad for the commanders, quite honestly. But you were there when he said it. What was your reaction to what he said? I was honestly surprised that he was as offended by it as he was. Um, I, but I get what he's saying as far as the timing of it, right? Like, why is this coming out Sunday morning? Like, listen, we get, we've been accused of this, Chris, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you get accused of it on the radio as well. Right. I get accused of it in my writing and, and stuff every once in a while. And, and you get the comments or you get the tweets, right? And they always say, what, man, it must be a slow news day, right? It's like, oh, you, you wrote about Jonathan Allen's favorite ice cream flavor, man, must be a slow news day, right? Or, I don't know. Deron Payne didn't show up to Terry McLaurin's birthday party. Man, must be a slow news day. I got it. Sundays in the regular season for the National Football, like Sundays from like August to the end of February, never a slow news day. Mm-hmm. Never, never anything short of right. Like if I wanted to write 10 articles in one day about one team, I could do it. I could probably do it about one player if I really wanted to. So the report didn't need to drop Sunday, right? The report could have dropped Monday. It could have dropped Tuesday. Chris, it could have dropped Wednesday, which is probably the slowest news day uh, of the week. In the uh, Actually, Tuesday is probably the slowest news day, I think, right? At, unless you're playing Monday Night Football, probably Tuesday because the team's usually off. There's no press conferences, stuff like that. So I think what Ron's point was, what he was actually upset about is that it dropped as they're preparing to play uh, not only a divisional game, but they're also preparing to, to play Carson Wentz, former team. Correct. And remember who Carson Wentz is. Remember the stories about Carson Wentz, right? Mentally fragile, not super confident, doesn't like, you know, being outed kind of in the media, doesn't like being embarrassed uh, to the public face and all that stuff, right? And you kind of go back to the interview uh, that Scott Abram had with him where he kind of brought up, hey, Carson, some people are saying some things about training camp and you're not doing so well. And Jason Wright kind of lashed out, out at him and said, hey, man, like, what is that? You know, and then a lot of people didn't really see an issue with with the question, kind of giving Carson the opportunity to acknowledge the 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 speculation or the storyline and then contradict it by saying, you know, and I think what he said was, you know, it's training camp. It's practice. We're getting to know each other. He explained it away. I think he did a really good job. Um, You know, the thing that I said about it is this. I get why Ron's upset about the timing of it. You know, we're, bro, we're literally getting ready to go play this game. Why do you got to drop it now? You don't need this. You don't need the clicks. Drop it on Tuesday, basically. But my thing is Carson Wentz, and, and I've never been an NFL quarterback, but far be it for me to tell Carson Wentz how to be an NFL quarterback. At his worst, he's more successful doing it than I ever will be. But if I'm Carson Wentz, or if I'm just a guy on the day of one of the biggest days of my career, I'm not reading the press clippings. No. Like, I'm not on ESPN.com. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm thinking about my playbook. I'm thinking about my game plan. Maybe I'm talking to Scott about some last-minute adjustments. I'm talking to my receivers about some things to look for. 
Like I'm not reading ESPN.com, especially knowing it's Commanders Eagles. Like he knows what the storyline is. He got asked about it all week. You know, are you nervous about it? Are you anticipating? Are you excited? So he knows what the story is. So what do you, if you're Carson Wentz and you open up ESPN.com, what do you expect to see? You expect to see stuff about you and Philly. None of it's going to be positive. You know what I mean? Um, now, what do you see? You see the Washington Commanders pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo before you. But again, you go back to the offseason, Chris. I mean, I saw right. I saw people writing up, did the Washington Commanders ask the Chiefs if, Jim, or if uh, Patrick Mahomes was available? Because remember, at one point they had said they literally, like the report was that they called literally all 31 NFL right. teams right. about available quarterbacks. So if Carson is surprised, and nobody's saying that he was, but if, if he's upset about Carson possibly seeing that before the game, if Carson were to see it and were to be surprised that the commanders kicked the tires on other quarterbacks before trading for him, then he just ain't paying attention. But at the end of the day, it don't matter because he's in Burgundy, Jimmy G's in gold, and that's just what it is. Well, I would say the only difference is, is the way the story was written and said and they had an agreement in place. was they had an agreement yeah. in place. But Carson okay. wasn't ever the first choice. Like Russell well, Wilson, and, he, and he should know that, right? Yeah, to your absolutely. point, Russell Wilson was probably the number one. And listen, right. I going way back to what we talked about last October and November. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was really an yeah. ideally kind of like the dream, you know, Ugh. type. And, and that went nowhere. Anyway, right. the, the bottom line is, is if Carson Wentz is that thin skin that he's not the number one, well, you know what? That's part of the problem too. Number one, number two, uh, he, just to counter what you said, I, and I got to be honest with you, I don't have any problem with what Adam Schefter did because Adam Schefter probably had a conversation with a source. I think I know who the source is. And he didn't say it came from Washington, but you know, I get right. Ron saying I had nothing to do with it. Basically, just to tell everybody, look, this didn't come from me, right? But, Adam didn't say Washington had anything to do with the story anyway and in the first place. It exactly. Could be somebody on Jimmy G's side, right? That, you know, Adam was calling about, hey, is there anything cooking for a contract extension with San Francisco? Being that Trey Lance is out, Jimmy G is starting, Jimmy right. G's playing on Sunday night football, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the point of the matter is, is Adam is under no responsibility to hold off for Ron's sake or for Carson's sake for Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Sunday night, whatever, because he works for ESPN. His job is to get people to watch Sunday NFL countdown. You know how you do that? With a big bombshell news story on a Sunday morning. That's how you get uh, him to do that. Number one. Number two, and I'll just say this, right? Remember, the Snyders, Ron's bosses, have spoon-fed Adam Schefter all sorts of news, all sorts of interviews, all sorts of access, including yesterday morning when they wanted to parade around the railing, the new railing that collapsed when Jalen Hurts was last at FedEx Field. They yeah. were all over that with Adam Schefter. So here you have your ownership, your president, basically spoon-feeding Adam Schefter all sorts of information and interviews and access, and now the coach is upset at Adam Schefter for reporting something at a bad time or an inconvenient time. So you know what? Here's the deal. Uh, I'll just say this. Everybody pipe down and worry about winning football games before you start worrying about what the media has to say. That's just my two cents on it, David. Yeah, I, mean, I get where Ron's coming from. But again, Adam has Adam did nothing wrong. He did his job. And if ESPN is happy with him, then he did it well. Absolutely. Um, you know, it is what it is. But again, I'm sure you know, ESPN was thrilled with him uh, because, of, of course, generated a lot of buzz. And and I'll have some different thoughts on that uh, on my on the next episode uh, yeah. and whether or not that would have been a good thing. Uh, I, I want to get into more of that. But as time allows coming up next, some 
Sunday not-so-superlatives for the Commanders and what the analysts were saying. That is next right here as we wrap things up on the Locked On Commanders podcast. All right, final segment here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Sunday not-so-superlatives. I love that title of the segment, Chris. Kudos to you. We're looking at the Commanders and what other analysts are or were saying about the Washington Commanders. We've got breakdowns from Brian Baldinger, Ross Tucker, and Duke Manyweather on the Twitter webpage feed. So make sure you go to LO Commanders on Twitter, most likely on an app. I don't know why I said webpage. I don't, I'm not that old, guys. But go to at LO Commanders. Chris has put up some good stuff up there, uh, including something from RG3, who, uh, you know, it's 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 like the uh, I don't even know what to call it. it just, he just won't go away. He said, quote, Carson didn't navigate the pressure well. The O-line wasn't great, and offense coordinator Scott Turner didn't adjust fast enough. Turner needs to run the ball and move the pocket early. Once it was clear, they were off in the drop-back game. Right. End quote. Chris, where have we heard we need more designed pocket movement from the quarterback position before? Well, uh, I, I think we've talked about it. Um, I, I, I think, I believe, I, I'm, I'm strong sense that we have. Um and here's the other thing. I'll just say this. Robert's right. I mean, they needed to run the football more because you know what? What happened, David, when they ran the football in the first half, and I don't know if we got deep enough into this in our post-game immediate reaction. When they ran the football in the first half, they ran it really, really, really well on first down. I mean, there was a 15-yard run on the very first play of the game, little jet motion, Curtis Samuel, 15. Antonio Gibson opened up a series. I think it was the third series, or maybe it was the fourth series of the game, with a plus 11 run on first down. There were runs of seven, eight, five, four. Uh, there was one run of three, whereas the passing game got them absolutely nothing except for one completion catch and run of 16 yards. They were sacked uh, once, a bunch of incompletions on first down. We all know the passing game didn't work. We all know they couldn't hold up and pass protection. Carson holding on to the ball too long. All the different problems. We'll get more into that again throughout the week as we continue to pick through uh, the tape and the reaction. But the bottom line is, Robert's right. They didn't do, of course, enough things to counter what Philadelphia was doing. And David, that leads us into our next point. Um, and that was from Shield Capidia of the Ringer, who used to cover the Philadelphia Eagles long ago. Uh, but he pointed out, and this is courtesy of um, uh, Pro Football Focus and True Media, that seven of the Eagles' nine sacks on Sunday came without blitzing. And that was tied for the most sacks produced with a four-man rush in a regular season NFL game over the past three years. And David, you and I were both there, and we sat next to each other in the press box. And I think we both remarked at some point to each other, they're doing this with a four-man rush. They blitzed Kirk Cousins and the Vikings last Monday night like 11 or 12 times. And that was way more than Jonathan Gagnon normally does. And they didn't have to blitz yesterday to get home. Yeah. It was a turnstile consistently. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they blitzed Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions and didn't get home uh, as as much as, as they did against Washington. Yeah, it was a rough day, which is why Wes Schweitzer uh, talking about PFF. Wes Schweitzer, the lowest graded uh, mm -hmm. Commanders offensive player, the highest graded Sam Cosby, which was interesting. But he actually, it's so it's interesting, right? Because Sam Cosby actually had the third lowest Ugh. pass protection grade on the line, but ultimately was the highest graded offensive player because of his run blocking, which goes into what you're talking about, which goes into what RG3 is talking about, which goes into what other people are talking about. Chris, something I talked about before the game uh, was the running game 
specifically was Jonathan Williams. Not saying he needs to be the starter or be the lion's share of, of carries, right? But he is more of a Brian Robinson type back yep. than Antonio Gibson is than JD McKissick is. It's it's not a dig, it's just it's just facts, right? So it's like I'm interested to see if Jonathan Williams gets in there and gets some carries and maybe it's going. He did get a carry pretty yep. early on. Six yard run. I was like, all right, that, that worked and, pretty and well. When did that come on? Third and that was like a third and something, and then yeah, six yards. I was just excited to see him out. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that worked pretty well. Let's yeah. see when that happens again. Chris, the next time it happens again will be the next time it happens again because Jonathan Williams finished the game with one carry for six yards. I know. I don't understand what they're doing. This to me is a stubbornness on Scott Turner to want to use a quarterback with a howitzer of an arm and three very quick jitterbug receivers, but to not use them the right way, David, and to use them on medium and intermediate and longer developing routes when you can't hold up and pass pro. And I love pro football focus. I, I, you know, listen, Cosme was terrible in pass protection. (laughs) I don't care what you want to say about his run blocking. I don't care. He was awful in pass protection. And I'll go back to our walk-off episode last week uh, to pat myself on the back because we always have to when we're right. My X-Factor player of the game was Wes Schweitzer. And it was because I was scared to death of all the line calls, the shifting against Hargrave, against Fletcher Cox. And I'm not saying he was the only bad one. He was bad. Snaps, pass pro, everything. That's not really his strength. He's not a center. He can play center. He's not a center. What they need to do is the kid that they signed last week or the the young man that they signed last week, Nick Martin, they need to have him start at center this Sunday. And all of these guys, I'll just say this, all of them, Charles Leno was terrible yesterday, or I should say Sunday as well. Uh, Andrew Norwell, Trey Turner, they were all turnstiles. They all stunk, went stunk too. The game plan stunk. Everybody needs to step up. I'm sorry if that offends anybody's feelings, but I'm tired of you know, lightly dancing around a dysfunctional disaster. And it's a growing. Oh, and by the way, assuming that they don't get hurt on Monday night, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons are coming to AT&T stadium where you'll be next Sunday. Yeah. Micah Parsons is, is so good. So dangerous. So scary. If you're Carson wins this week, um, look, you know, you, so you went as far as to say that West Schweizer shouldn't be starting. I'm not saying that Jonathan Williams should be like the starter again. I'm not saying you should supplant Antonio Gibson, nothing like that until Brian Robinson comes. I'm just saying you get a guy in there for one carry six yards. I mean, you, you expect you're going to get You're going to go back to that. Well, at least two or three times, see if you can't get something going instead. Uh, they didn't do that. But Chris, uh, you know, a lot of talk about from this game. Unfortunately, a lot of negatives. You're not the only one who's superior, 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 super, super fresh. I don't know. Super frustrated uh, with this team, but some not so superlative Sunday uh, or Sunday, not so superlative. Let me do that again. Some Sunday, not so superlative for the Washington commanders. Uh, I think we're gonna have to make that on every losing week uh, uh, tradition. We've got our, we've got our game balls and we've got, we'll have some, some, we'll come up with something for, for the wins, but I think that's, that's a beautiful uh, way to end this final super dive into uh, what just happened this weekend. We can do whatever we want. Cause you know why? It's our show. It is our show. Okay. So absolutely. who's to tell us? It's not you know, the Washington Commanders show. No. It's not the NFL show. Absolutely not. Exactly. Um, all right. Either way, we will have more uh, coverage throughout the week. Of course, we'll see if they make any roster moves uh, and we'll see if they make any inclination towards any 
um, I guess, starting lineup changes. And maybe we'll see that uh, with Martin at center. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. As we go through the week, we will have coverage of that. But thanks again, uh, Commanders fans, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Now make your second listen and view the Peacock and Williamson NFL show with Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson giving you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back. Uh, I'll be solo with an episode. Again, we'll break down more of the Jimmy G, Carson Wentz decision and much, much more on that next particular episode. Then David will be back with Crossover Thursday and then we'll reconvene before the end of the week and the Dallas Cowboys uh, at AT&T Stadium. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 or LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. But again, the voicemail, 301-615-3577. For my partner, David Harrison, covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's fan nation and commander's country. Chris Rush, one after Russell and her show on the Team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.